1: Hello and welcome to the Scottish Sun Sport Podcast in association with William Hill. I'm Derek McGregor. Joining me is David Frail. Scotland has two crucial World Cup qualifiers coming up against Lithuania on Saturday night, Slovakia away on Tuesday night. But I think first of all, I think we have to discuss this wonder kid, younger wonder kid than usual. 13-year-old Karamoko Dembele, who I'm sure most Celtic fans will have heard of well before his sensational debut for the under-20s on Monday night against Hearts at Capelo. suddenly everyone is talking about this kid. Would you make a Celtic's move to play him in Monday night? I'll be as a substitute for the last nine minutes in this game.
0: I mean, I think it was intriguing in the sense that you're saying, you know, it's not as if young Dembele is a secret anymore. You know, I think there's been a lot of sort of talk about him over the last couple of months. It's been growing and growing and growing. And then there's been more and more YouTube clips surfacing on the internet, and I think anybody who spends even a second, you know, ten seconds watching this kid realizes he's something special. I've seen a lot of show reels over the years, and I've seen a lot of you know wonder kids, but I don't think I've ever seen anything like this in my life. I know Gordon DL was on on Radio Clyde the other night, saying exactly the same. That you know he sat and watched it for twenty minutes, which was mesmerized. So I think everybody realises Celtic has special talent in their hands. I think the the problem clubs have these days is A you need to keep these special talents happy and the family satisfied that they're on the right path, the right trajectory, but I think you also need to be careful that you don't lose them somewhere along the lines. But it's not a secret, you know. All the big clubs in the world, and I'm I'm talking about the world, I'm talking about Barcelona, are all aware of him. He's played against them in youth tournaments. He stood out against them in youth tournaments. Every English club in the land knows exactly about him. So I think Celtic probably just felt that the time was right to just let him get a little taste of a higher level. I I do think it has to be a bit of perspective in the sense it was an under-20 game in name, but if you actually looked at the two teams, it wasn't really an under-20 game because international week, both squads depleted. Celtic had a very young team out, you know, I cut a lot of under fifteens in the team, which is where Youngdon Bailey's playing just now. Hart similarly, so I think at three one up, I don't think putting him on for eight minutes is any harm. I don't think any harm done. I know people are talking about Juke and all that sort of stuff. I, I don't I don't have a big issue with that. The game was done. He went only a couple of touches of the ball, speaking to people that were there. It looked apart, it looked fine. So I don't think there was anything any doubts over his his, his safety in that sense. I think it was just to, to let the kid know that, you know, we've got high hopes here we're going to give you a taste, we're going to bring you on I think anybody watching them, watching the showreels can can see that we're talking about a really special talent
1: here. I mean to call him a prodigious talent would be understatement and you know Celtic will argue that they played him on merit that how much do you think? Also, this was a calculated move. There's a lot of cynicism in football, but you know, do you think there are other motives behind playing them? I, d- I don't know if there's other motives. I do think,
0: I, I, as I spoke about, that you know, you, you have to see with these special talents. These special talents attract people and attract money and attract clubs. So at some stage, Celtic have to say, right, here's our pathway. I mean, I mean, let's be honest. Canamoko Dembele won't be playing for the under-20s. Maybe not again this season. Maybe mm-hmm. not even next season. It was a one-off for me. They're trying to obviously. Bring him through, give them a taste. I think so. It, it was it was the right time to just you know, eight minutes. What's eight minutes? What what harm is it doing? It's not doing any harm. It lets the player and these parents know that's how do. Have high hopes for them. And okay, it's 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 led to a lot of headlines, a lot of coverage, but that was going to come eventually because anybody. I mean, I I looked through his, his YouTube stuff yesterday. You probably talk about a million people have watched it already. So mm. this is a kid who is attracting headlines, is attracting interest because he's a precocious talent
1: and let's be honest I mean his appearance is a sub it does Celtic no harm on a worldwide basis as well because it gets people talking about Celtic yeah and I mean I mean, that, you know that that, that's, that brings me back to the kind of question I've been calculating listen clearly the kid is a remarkable talent for his age but Celtic aren't the stupid either they're aware of you know social media attention alone this would bring it to the club as well
0: yeah but I also think that in, in 2016 you know for example I mean, somebody mentioned it this morning. Michael McGlinchey played a 1st team game, I think when he was 15, a friendly. Paul George was exactly the same. Mm. Okay, Bell is a couple of years younger, but it's under-20 game, which, as I said, pretty much doubled as another 17-18 under game. So, But because he's so young and so small and so gifted, it's going to attract attention, especially in 2016, where social media just takes over. I mean, within... Um, as news broke on Monday night, we were both at a voting dinner, but you know, very quickly, I was getting phone calls yourself, and it, be- it became apparent that this boy might actually got on the pitch, and he did, you know, we had a photographer scrambled there, we were you know, speaking to different people, trying to get a kind of a handle on what was actually going on, but that night, you know, when I went home, after being well fed at the voting dinner, you look online and the trending topics were Kim Kardashian, and a couple below him was Karamoko Dembele, which must have been absolutely crazy for this little kid, this little boy, basically, 13 year old, to try and take in. But he's obviously got a special gift. And anybody, you know, on Tuesday, I was was speaking to a lot of people who've seen him as a young boy and say that he is, I mean, he is that special.
1: It would take a lot to be distracted from Kim Kardashian, (laughs) to be fair. I mean, it's a remarkable story, however you want to look at it, cynical or, or, or otherwise. I mean, but let's be blunt here. Will this kid ever play for Celtic's first team? Because from what I can understand, they have two years to kind of do everything they can to keep holding him as far as i know he's on a d form which i think at the end of every season has to be renewed mm-hmm. and as we've already stated today all the biggest clubs in europe are on his case mm-hmm. now they'll be after him realistically can celtic keep him till 15 which i think is the earliest they can then start discussing a pro contract with him and even then it's going to be hugely difficult I
0: mean, I, you know it's, it's an impossible question for us to sit an answer here for me it's up, to the, it's up to the young boy himself and his family because all Celtic can do is what they're doing just now. Given training facilities, i have obviously got him in St. Indian's high school set up. He trains every day at Lennox Town. Obviously, Brendan Rodgers, I think, is, is aware of him and speaking to him. Celtic could obviously try to fast, not fast-track him, but give him a little taste on their 20s, paying attention. I don't think they can do any more. It's up to the boy. He's going to get offers, let yeah. not be naive about and it let's family. not in his let's family figure. well because every club in the land especially now you hear stories all over the place I'm sure that every single club in England every top club in England and Barcelona and everybody else because he is that special when you look at the videos we'll be after this kid it's up to him uh, you know I would like to think and there is the obvious comparison people are all, already saying Islam Farouz Islam I don't think he was well advised Neil Lennon was on record as saying he was badly advised and I think Islam Farouz has made a mess of his career I would like to think that this boy has better people around him potentially than Islam mm-hmm. ever did you know speaking to guys who know him very well yesterday they, they seem to of that opinion he's got really you know a, a strong family base there uh, he's got coaches who have known him since he was five or six who look out for him as well I think Celtic will do everything and the teachers at will do absolutely everything to try and keep himself keep him grounded but ultimately it's up to him if the time comes and he feels I'm better going to Man City I'm better going to Man United I'm better going to Barcelona I don't think Celtic can do much about for, of it Of
1: course for the benefit of those listening who who won't know Islam Firouz Islam Firouz of course was a, a similar kind of type wonder kid at Celtic who eventually got his head turned was spirited away uh, left for Chelsea before he'd made a kind of first team impact for us. but from what I can understand Chelsea paid handsomely to get him as you say, now there's been incredible attention on the kid. Celtic will be hoping his family, indeed the kid himself, even at 13, doesn't change dramatically. Don't change their thinking about Celtic, and does indeed stay with the club.
0: Yeah, and, and that's that's what I'm saying. And that that over the next two or three years, it will play itself out. And, and I think these are the the crucial the crucial period in any footballer's career because there are distractions. He's getting a bit older. He's getting into the, the, the time of life where, you know, in, in age old Scottish fashion, drinking girls and <laughs> suddenly football doesn't become, you know, I think with his talent, it'd be a shame if it was wasted. But nobody can say for sure, as a 13 year old, third year pupil, that it won't. So I think all Celtic can do, the people around him, is give him good advice, try and keep him the straight and narrow, and then see where that, that, that takes him. Because, you know, he won't be the first wonder kid not to make the most of his talent. And you never know. Maybe maybe it won't grow. Maybe it will grow. Maybe but it's you know it's the unknown. But given his talent, I think you know he has every chance of making it in football. You
1: have provided a fascinating insight into the kid and today's Scottish son. You've spoken to his first coach, gentleman by the name of David Feeney from Park Villa Boys Club, Glasgow-based club. And you know it's particularly interesting that you know he's saying that. From the first minute he saw him, he was thinking, "This kid's unbelievable." Mm. So clearly, it's no surprise to him whatsoever that already he's made some kind of breakthrough. Certainly, mm. I mean, there was. I mean, I mean, David was, was
0: was very generous with his time, and you know, it'd be great to of him every week because he, he, he speaks in headlines for <laughs> us. You know, talking about the um, young boy not making the midwife and everything. <laughs> kind of, but but there were so many, and, and even even it was a mini kickers program, which is you know, it's it was four and five year olds going in they're just try to get used to having a ball and not using their hands and everything. And he's talking about how some some of the little kids and they are just little kids were struggling to control it with their feet and try to use their hands. Whereas young Caramel was just doing keep your uppies and volleying the ball up into the air and killing it as it came down. And oh. just they said it was just is you know people actually just turned up to watch their games, just just neutral people, no no family, not just to see this little boy play. And that very quickly they realized that there's something special boys clubs you know getting invited down to england just to play games so clubs could have a look at them and they were everything and i think celtic made the most effort with him. i think celtic very quickly realized that he, he was special and, and and you know started that relationship that, that meant he eventually signed for celtic but he, he was of no doubt and, and i think one of the quotes is i mean david's 29 he said he started coaching when he was probably early 20s he said he can coach for 40 years and he will never ever see another talent like that in his life he said it was just incredible and and sometimes you know I'm a, I'm a great believer in this you know I, I, you know there are debates about you can make the most of your talent and, and ten thousand dollars and all that sort of stuff I agree with that you can but I also think people are born with a talent yeah, born with a gift and and I think he's clearly one of
1: them. And you know sometimes regardless of age the ability and you know it's interesting as well I mean everyone will immediately when they see photos of the lad they see video they're astounded by his height his lack of inches but. You know, sometimes the ability just forces the issue and they have to pick him. Yeah. And as David Feeney's saying as well, you know, f- despite his height, he's clearly a strong lad.
0: Yeah. And I think as well, you know, listening to someone else talk yesterday, I talked about he plays under 15s basically just now. He plays a year above where he should be playing just now because obviously he's, he's probably too good for his own level. And that I think he does get rough treatment. You know, as Asmund's saying he's a third year, so, I'm, you know, if you get into third, fourth year, fifth year, people are actually starting to get a bit more physical and I think he does get some rough treatment at times, but by all accounts, he's quite a hardy wee boy, and he just gets himself up, gets on the ball again, and just keeps going again. And, and the one thing I was going to say, Derek, he's very, very small, I mean, very, very small, but he's weird. also but he's also solid, if you look, you know, he, he's right. got the build of a footballer, so I think, it naturally, he will get a little bit bigger, but he's also got that low centre of gravity and that balance, and I know we're talking about a 13 old kid here, but he stands out in that sense. I don't think
1: he's, he's, he's this little slight guy that'll just get bullied off the ball. I mean, he's probably he's probably the only one at Celtic who'll be looking up to Patrick Roberts. <laughs> That's the thing, you know. You know, I mean, it's... I think if they did a, a, a profile of the kid and asked him for his favourite meal, it's bottled Milton <laughs> <and> farley <laughs> Rusks, isn't it? I mean, it's quite astounding. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a brilliant story, and, you know, you're fascinated to see how he progresses, you know, and... Uh, Certainly with his ability, you can only hope that Celtic ultimately can get the benefit of him mm-hmm. at a first team level. Like Sunsport on Facebook for all the Scottish football latest. Moving on to Scotland, David. You know, Good start in Malta, scored goals, got the three points on the board. You know, I think we said before the World Cup qualifier started, six points out of the first two games, an absolute must. And yet we're approaching Saturday night with the Scotland manager, Gordon strike and saying, it's not a must win.
0: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. What what do you think he's thinking is behind that? totally
0: disagree. I I think he's trying to play down it. I think he he doesn't want to say to the players, or sorry, say in public, we need to win this game because Scotland don't win this game, then it's a case of, well, is that it over? But if Gordon Strachan isn't saying privately to his players that this is a must-win game, then I'd be stunned because it is a must-win game. Mm -hmm. In, In any qualification campaign, you pretty much need to win your home games, all your home games, and then take something away to have any chance of qualifying. Now, in terms of difficulty of Scotland's home games I'd say England's number one then Slovakia then probably Slovenia then Lithuania then Malta so it's your second easiest and I'm, I, I don't want really to disrespect Lithuania it's your second easiest home game if Scotland aren't winning their second easiest or, or less difficult home game then there's not a chance Scotland will go to Russia not a chance so Scotland need to punch above their weight they're not first seeds are not second seeds they need to punch above their weight to even get a playoff so is beating Lithuania Sorry, drawing with Lithuania Good enough, no chance Not a chance mm. This has to be a win I would even say That avoiding defeat in Slovakia
1: Is almost a must If Scotland have get any chance here Well there is a view that Seven points out of the first three games Is also a must First things first We'll, we'll discuss Slovakia away uh, Soon enough But Lithuania and Saturday night Has certainly the potential to be A difficult game mm-hmm. A frustrating game because if nothing else, they, you know, if you consider Lithuania teams before, or in the past, you know, physically they're quite strong. Mm-hmm. They really could make this a tough game for us. Yeah,
0: and they've also got a manager who is Jankowski who's Obviously, Scottish football fans know from his time at Hearts. He played for Porto. He played under Jose Mourinho. He's won the Champions League, won the UEFA Cup. A guy that's got a huge pedigree. He's now trying to make his way in the coaching world. And from everybody he speaks to, from players to pundits to anybody he knows what he's doing, he really knows what he's doing, he's bringing a more modern feel to the Lithuania side, they have, I mean, if you look back at their recent results, they've beaten Estonia, they're a decent team, they've drawn with Poland and drawn with Slovenia, there was a loss in there as well, I can't remember who it was against, but that's the last four games really since Jankowski's took over, so he clearly knows what he's doing, I think Slovenia are a decent side for me, Slovenia Slovenia will give Scotland hard games, home and away, Yeah. so... And it took a ninety, it was ninety third minute equaliser for them not to avoid, um, sorry to avoid defeat in Lithuania. So I, I don't think this will be a, an easy game by any stretch of the imagination. But it's one that Scotland have to win. I, I don't care what anybody says, must win. But Scotland have to win this game. Gordon Sackin can say a point, maybe maybe good enough in the whole, kind of, Well, that may be an important point in the campaign. Scotland need to be beating teams like Lithuania at home. It's a fact.
1: I mean, listen. We're the last country in the world to talk ourselves up, and, and you know we've suffered enough past pain, heartache, whatever you want to call it. But can there also be a danger of just talking it down too much? Mm-hmm. Do we, you know, after a, a handsome win in Malta, we scored a few goals. Should we also, you know, maybe talk ourselves up and, and maybe a bit more expectation to it?
0: I I don't I don't see any reason why, and I think it's become a real modern trait with the Scottish national team where you everything as you're saying it's kinda of dampening down things and let's keep lid in it. Let's not say it's must win. Why not just go why not show a bit of you know that gala streak that Scotland were once mm-hmm. famed for. I'm not talking about going shouting the mouth off and no. we're going to do this and we're going to do that. But be positive, if this is a game we want to win, it's a game we need to win. What's the harm in saying that? Mm. You know, it's almost as if before any gala do not say in public
1: this is a must win game, it is a must win game. Let's face it, if, if, if Gordon had indeed said we must win this no. game, he's not saying anything no. That anyone else isn't thinking, no. you know. So, you know, he's not kidding anyone. No. All of us see this as a game that three points
0: have to be on the board. I mean, it? I would, I would say, and I know we're going to talk about Slovakia, but I think these two games, this double header, it has to be four points, four points, and then you've probably got a little bit of margin for error somewhere down the line. But I think you've got a better chance in the three against Lithuania, and that's what I'm saying. I think they're they're, they're an improving team. They're getting better. They've got a lot of experience. A lot of guys that have been about about the squad for a while. Got a lot of caps, so they won't be won't be any pushovers at all. But Scotland's the squad with all the Premier League players, guys that are playing the Champions League with Celtic. That has to count for something. That has to be player for player Scotland are far, far better. So we have to go and show it on Saturday
1: night. There was a lot of pressure on Gordon Strachan prior to the Malta game and and you know clearly the, the emphatic result and ultimately the performance we did have a wobble during the game but nevertheless, they emerged from it with a right good result. Did that totally ease the pressure on the manager, or does a stumble or a setback on Saturday night, God forbid, does that put it right back on him again? I, th-
0: I think he's always. I think Gordon's always going to be under pressure because Scotland never made the Euros in the summer. I think that. I think. I think it's you know it's like, it's like the Celtic manager not making the Champions League. It put Ronnie Dyle under pressure. Brendan Rodgers does it first crack, so now he, the pressure's off. Uh, you can probably compare Scotland manager to that until whatever Scotland manager is in, in position gets Scotland to major finals you're always going to be under pressure and with every tournament you fail you, you become under unbearable pressure <coughs> so I, I do I, I did think in the summer a lot of it was to do with the fact that there was an the initial disappointment in missing out of the Euros when the Euros was a year away but as it got closer and there was a the burning realisation that Scotland weren't going to be there and then Wales did well, Northern Ireland did well, the Republic of Ireland even got out of the group, it's suddenly a, wait a minute, why are we not there? That was a big failure, and it was almost as if there was a delayed reaction. So I think getting into Malta, there was a lot of pressure, because people are now thinking, right, we really need a reaction here, yeah, we need to see something. But to score five goals away from home at international level is a good good achievement, and I think the team looked well. I think we've got forward players playing well as well. So I do think that any pressure, any sort of, I don't mean suspicions, probably not the right word, but on Gordon is eased slightly from that first game but it's Lithuania at home. For me, any Scotland manager should expect to win that game.
1: How big a bonus is it that we've got a fully fit Robert Snodgrass back in confidence boosted from the hat-trick in Malta? You know, we've missed him mm-hmm. for a long time. You know, naturally enough, a lot of focus is going to be on the striker or strikers mm-hmm. that we use on Saturday night. But then we've got the Snodgrass factor now. He's suddenly become a very key player for us mm-hmm. moving ahead.
0: I think and. You know, people might ridicule me for this, I think Robert Snodgrass was the big difference between Scotland qualifying for Euros and not Scotland qualifying for Euros. Really? I genuinely do. I think to me, he's a first pick. I think he's a a game changer. I think he's a guy that can win a match for you. Good at set pieces, strong, it's on the ball, bit of character about him, bit of dig about him as well. And I think when it came to the crunch, maybe in Dublin, maybe in Georgia, Scotland were crying out for a guy like Robert Snodgrass. A lot of, a lot of nice players, Scotland, a lot of kind of clever you know, the Sean Maloney's, Stephen Naismith, but I think Robert Snodgrass gives you something a bit different. I think he's got a bit of stature, but uh, I just think he takes responsibility. And I generally do, he, he never played a qualifier, Derek. I mean, he never, it was such a miss. Yeah. He's he's not a Gareth Bale, he's not a Lewandowski, but I don't think his influence in that team can be underestimated. And I think what's telling is, since he's come back from injury, he's straight back in the team. We can't
1: get enough creative players, can we? No. I mean? And the other heartening thing, I mean, let's be totally positive, let's stay positive, is that... You know, we look at Matt Ritchie, Mm -hmm. although he's dropped down from the the Premiership, the English Premier League, to the Championship, he's undoubtedly moved to a bigger club Mm -hmm. in Newcastle United, and whenever you're watching action, whenever you're reading about Newcastle, Matt Ritchie is playing very well, Mm -hmm. and he's another key man.
0: I think, I mean, he is a a big fan of him, I think he's... uh, He's got that. I mean, I, I spoke with Robert Snodgrass. being a game changer. in A man, match when Matt, Matt Ritchie can ping one in from thirty yards in the blink of an eye. You know, no back left. You know, he scored. A, he scored one against Poland. He scored another one recently. Great goals. But I think in that position, Scotland are as strong as they've been for years. You know, you got Matt Ritchie. You got Snodgrass. You've got all of our buck. Yeah. Fifteen million pound. You know. Uh, you know. We speak about Karamoko Dumbelli but I mean, he's been classes in New Bale, and he's still a teenager as well. I think he can give Scotland something different, and I don't think it should be overlooked James Forrest's form in, in, in the first few months of the season I mean for me Derek this is James Forrest arguably his best ever spell at Celtic I think James has got over 20 Scotland caps yeah. and he spoke about Gordon Strachan standing by him when he was out the Celtic team and he was drifting and losing his way but I think anybody watching James in the Champions League and in the Rangers game and things like that you can see a guy who's full of confidence scoring goals taking people on not just kinda, you know contributing to games as opposed to just taking part in them I think James is is a huge threat as well and his pace could be key. So I think in that position, that's not even talking about Smith and Kate Chanya and guys like that. I think in that position, Scotland could choose any three from six and it would be very, very
1: strong. I was at Hamden uh, on Monday, David, interviewing Kenny Dublish at a William Hill-sponsored event and Dublish made the, the point regards Oliver Burke that we should, we should not only look beyond his £15 million uh, price tag, but we should also cut the lad a bit of slack mm-hmm. and not expect too much. Is that realistic, David?
0: I, I do, in a sense, that all young players will go through peaks and troughs. You know, he's also started the season very well. He's he's won his big move. He's basically been fast tracked from the nineteen straight to the Scotland field team. He's now, if not a first pick, you know, he's he, probably between him and Forrest for, the, for that kind of right wing spot um, or one of the wing spots um, this weekend. So he's obviously at a status now probably beyond these years. But th- there might be dips here and there. So I, I I don't like putting too much pressure on a kid, especially going into international football, to say he's a new bale. But I mean as Mark McGee, I think he said that. <laughs> so um, so I don't think, and Gordon I think also yeah, to see yeah, he's got the potential yeah. to And I think I think Mark actually says sort of the new Kenny or the, the biggest star since Kenny. So it's one of you, you can have it both steady, ways. Steady. But um, <laughs> I think it's a Yeah. as I said get into this campaign when you've got Snodgrass back you've got Burke emerging and you've got James Forrest on form it's good to be excited about well, players. exactly and, and that's we're, we're speaking about Richie I think Stephen Aismar's A. a terrific player uh, you've got Lee Griffiths obviously he's out of the team just now through injury and, and then Moussa Dembele's form but Lee Griffiths and I think Stephen Fletcher I, 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 I like Stephen Fletcher I think it's a unfair stick for Scotland so I think Going forward, Kasper Martin as well. Scotland, have got an abundance of options here, abundance of talent. So I think the Scotland team will score goals. My big concern about the other end.
1: You've been leading the way with coverage of Lithuania, uh, David. For. Uh, the Scottish sons since they flew in very early mm-hmm. to Glasgow for this game. You know the the couple of days that you've been dealing with them. Do you get a, a quite a sense of a quite confidence about yeah. Them? They could them? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because
0: I don't I don't think I think Jankowskis has been clever in the sense that he's he's spelled out to his players that we've got high hopes for the future. i want to build something here. We want to get to the finals one day, but I think he's also taking the pressure off them and 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 speaking about you know. I want you all on board with me, we'll take it bit by bit, you know what, why not, why not go and just, you know, go to Hamden, play your normal game, what have you got to lose, everybody expects Scotland to win, nobody gives us a chance, but I don't think they'll just sit in, I don't think they'll sit in and defend, like you've seen maybe teams come to Hamden in the past, I think Lithuania will have a go, it's a different type of challenge for Scotland.
1: Finally, David, we have to discuss the game against Slovakia and Turnava, Obviously, it's impossible to to properly discuss it before we know how Scotland have gone against Lithuania. But presuming we can get, you know, we get a win on Saturday night, does that then make it very realistic for us to 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 go to Slovakia and hope for the very least a draw?
0: Yeah, I, I, and I think so. I think for me, and, and this is me, um, and maybe that you know, coming the Scottish the Scottish national team, we shouldn't count our chickens. Yes. But this is me thinking that we'll beat Lithuania and we'll beat Slovenia at home. And uh, for me, the head-to-head with Slovakia is going to be crucial. If Scotland get upper hand in that, get four points out of six or you know, beat the goal difference or whatever, then I think we'll get a huge chance of finishing second. I think England will win the group. I don't care about Sam Alarides' thing. Obviously, it probably doesn't help England will win the group. right? That, for me, that's a given. So it's between Scotland, probably Slovakia and Slovenia for um, second spot. And I think if we can get a draw over in Slovakia, it would be a huge step forward to that, a huge step forward, because they would then have to come to Hamden and, and to try and get a result. I would take three points, but
1: you know I would settle for one. David, as always, thank you for your valued insight. My-